Hello, everybody. Welcome to Camel Call Friday. If you're new to this podcast, this is where me, Chris Haymeyer, he, Evan Budrovich, get you caught up with everything Campbell Athletics, what happened this week, what's going to happen. We give you some of our opinions, whether you want them or not. We always have a fun interview at the last half of this half-hour podcast. And today we'll have the voice of the ECU Pirates, now in his fourth decade, Jeff Charles, a guy that has been a mentor and a colleague of mine before. So stay tuned for that. Always great to catch up with Jeff. And that's our headline as Campbell has taken on FBS teams before in football. Of course, this just the 15th year of football. But ECU in front of a crowd taking on one of the known football teams in this state. Think about the next three-year stretch for Campbell football. Dowdy Ficklin Stadium on Saturday, Keenan Stadium at North Carolina, and then NC State. So the next three years, you talk about the Triangle schools, there's a lot of exposure. 50,000 people, it's sold out for this Saturday. It's family weekend. I mean, in 2020, that was a neat experience, but half full stadiums, no full capacity. This will be real college football at its finest. Yeah, you mentioned 2020. Campbell played four uh, FBS programs in that weird fall. Of course, one of them was Wake Forest, but it was Wake Forest at about, I think, I think a fifth capacity, and there weren't a lot of people there. So, so Campbell has played one of the in-state, quote-unquote, big boys before. But I like what you said there, Evan, about exposure. Now, look. I think this university, this athletic department, heck, you and I have done a heck of a job of getting the word out about Campbell football, but they've only been a scholarship program for five years. They've only been a football program for 15 years. There are people in different parts of this state that don't realize that it's an FCS scholarship program now, don't realize that Campbell has football over the next couple years playing everybody in the state. They'll realize that. Well, and even people in Greenville, they know Campbell baseball. They play every year, always competitive. They're both regional teams. But outside of baseball, if you live in this state, you don't necessarily know Campbell is X, Y, and Z in athletics, right? And the two front door sports for that are men's basketball and football, and they both play each other this year. So it starts this Saturday, and that's what's really neat because East Carolina almost defeated NC State two weeks ago, right? Top 25 team. When Campbell nearly knocked off Georgia Southern, over 2 million impressions not only in TV audience, but social media posts and the chatter about the game. All that can happen on Saturday times 10 because there's even more spotlight in this state. Yeah, you're right. ECU highlights are on not only in the Greenville TV market, they're on everywhere. You you see them on Raleigh. They are, because of their fan base spread all over, that they are a team that, that, that people follow. And it's even more than that. Evan, on Tuesday, no exaggeration, I was on a live radio show on, on, on Tuesday afternoon in the Greenville area and two podcasts that night because Way to there are so many there, people. There are so many people that they didn't have anybody else to call. You weren't, you weren't on the call list anymore. But they have so many people that care about ECU sports and particularly pirate football that that was a chance where, hey, You get on, you tell them about their players, but you also boast, hey, Campbell has the number one recruiting class in FCS. And they'll go, oh, and and they're in the CAA. And they'll go, oh. You know the better news? So Campbell's allotted an entire section on the far left side of the stadium, if you're looking from the press box. There are less than 100 seats left, and that was two to 3,000. So there'll be two to 3,000 people in Campbell Orange all stacked together in amongst a gold sea of people. But that alone is going to be unique, just having that many fans together and packed in and 
it's a lot closer than other places you play, so it's a real travelable. Yeah, and, and I think it's going to be a good crowd. This is the third straight home game, third straight 6 o'clock game, but talking to people up there, it rained cats and dogs last week against ODU. Not a lot of people came out, and it's parents' weekend, so there will be some people in there. And, of course, the alumni has a tailgate. There's a lot of things going on, so a lot to look forward to in Greenville um, this weekend. Evan and I, by the way – Tune in for whatever reason you want to. You thought but, these 15 uh, minutes were fun. But uh, but Evan and I, Evan is gracious enough. He's doing a lot of stuff beforehand with the Alumni Association, but he's going to come into the booth, and we're going to do the game together starting at 545 on um, the Varsity Sports app and GoCamels.com. Well, that's exciting on the first part. <laughs> but I do want to talk about the game because nobody yep. cares about our yep. dynamic. Mike Menner, we had a candid conversation with him this week. And he said, we have to score early. Yeah, We have got to score first. Fell behind 17-0 against William & Mary. That, that's tough to overcome regardless of who you play. If they can come out with some aggression, get a couple touchdowns, as Mike said, if we can get hot and get lucky early, that's your best chance. Because we've seen in these Power 5 games, you cannot come back from two or three touchdowns behind. Yeah, this, this is a good ECU team. They're going to go to a bowl this year. If they would have beat NC State, they probably would be in the top 25 right now. I don't know if they're that good to end up in the top 25 at the at the end of the season. But it's a Campbell team. We go back to that odd 2020 year. Remember when they played at Wake Forest, at Coastal, at App, at Georgia Southern. They were in a lot of those games, especially in the first half. And Georgia Southern was a game that they should have won. So a lot of those same guys, it's going to be different because bigger crowd, bigger stadium, but they're not intimidated by the FBS part of it, and they look at it as a fun challenge. Well, and the best part is listening to the ECU coaching staff this week on local press conferences. They have been praising Hodge yep. Malik Williams, and we know Hodge plays well in the biggest moments. Think back to that Georgia Southern game. Think to, I mean, gosh, even when he was healthy last year, starting 3-1, and one, he was so pivotal in that. When Hodge plays well, this team is very good. So his ability to not make mistakes, scramble, that's all helpful. Yeah, and a handful of guys on this team, as we've been telling you about all year, your, your Brevin Allens, your Mike Edwards, your Julian Hills, guys that are going to get a look from NFL scouts who have been out to practice. Over half the NFL teams have been to Campbell practice already. But look, they're going to look at a couple games of tape. They're going to look against the FBS team that you play. So this ECU game is, is big for a lot of reasons, but big for a lot of our guys that want to go to the NFL. Well, the spread hasn't come out yet. I think Campbell fans will be very encouraged by what people expect. This is not a game you walk in saying, we will lose by 40. This is a game where you go, there are avenues to where we can be competitive all afternoon, all evening. So don't, when you see the spread come out, don't go, oh gosh, Campbell's a 23 and a half point dog if I had to pick it myself. Just realize that that's what someone who doesn't watch the tape would say. But when you talk to this Campbell staff, they think there's as good a chance as any to be competitive all the way to the fourth quarter. It'll be fun. It'll be a tough game. It'll be a physical game. But Campbell has a bye week next week where there will be no game on Saturday. And then they get set for three straight home games, including the conference opener. Campbell being home October 1st, October 8th, October 15th. October 8th is homecoming. Get your tickets now. Don't call me the week of homecoming asking where we can get tickets because you're not going to get some. But October 1st, Campbell finally back home, 6 p.m. against NC Central. You can also get a season ticket package now for the final four games to guarantee your seat as well. All the other four sport, fall sports, their conference season will start next week. Volleyball team finally at home. Head coach 
Greg Gorl has put together a tough schedule because he knows, hey, it's about winning conference and going to the NCAA tournament, which they did last year, and we'll finally get to see them at home in the Fairfield Inn and Suites Dunn-Campbell Invitational tonight at 6. Where's my T-shirt? Saturday at 11 a.m. and 6 p.m. All those games will be on ESPN Plus as well. It's a unique time for volleyball because you play three weeks of non-conference and you're leading into conference play. Now, they'll be the first to admit, not the best performance at NC Central. You win the first two sets, struggle in the final three sets. But this team's hungry, right? And that championship mentality starts to open up a little bit. We saw it against Wisconsin, nearly took set three. Very, you know, you go from that epic high to the disappointment. Defending national champion Wisconsin. Yeah, to then losing to North Carolina Central. So, if the mental psyche is there, this team is really good, and we've seen it in moments throughout the year. You know, women's soccer come into Thursday night. Just a little secret. We're taping this on Thursday. I know I said tonight with the volleyball going on. But anyway, we don't know what they did against UNCW last night, but they, they've won three in a row, and they will take on Radford um, in the middle of next week. So three straight wins for them. Phenomenal. And for your men's soccer team, they – have hit a bit of a stretch that's unexpected for them. But, again, it's all about what you do in conference. They'll head to South Carolina this week in a game that they could win. Well, and despite the draw to VCU, not a loss, right? So the team is undefeated in terms of record. Now, could they have won both those matches? Clearly. But then again, you're not making the mistakes. Now, second half, they had some trouble defending their own side of the 18. That's okay. I, I think Fonder gets it. They, they want to continue this epic stretch of Big South titles, and, and that's what they need to do. Yeah, and 3-1-2 and, and two coming into the week, still ranked in the top 30 in the entire country. It's it's incredible. And I do say it's all about what you do in conference. I mean, that's true just how the, the makeup of the, of the schedule is in the conference for women's soccer and volleyball. This men's soccer team has a good chance to get an at-large bid, which is, which is incredible as well. Their RPI every year is top 50, and you need to be right in that 20 to 25 range. If they can win out, they have a great chance. Cross country, their second meet of the year. They will be up in Raleigh, close to home, and we will look forward to watching them close to home. But volleyball this weekend, come on out and support the Campbell volleyball team. Now, I'll be Soccer honest. Back if, at home next week. If you happen to be on your phone watching the ECU game Saturday yep. night while volleyball is playing, I yep. don't think anyone in the building will be upset. It's going to be a big one. Uh, We can't wait to talk about it next week and talk about ECU, how Greenville has changed, how the university has changed, how the football team has changed, and and his thoughts about the ECU Pirates. We talk to the voice of the Pirates, Jeff Charles, next here on Camel Call Friday. Planning a tailgate? Then it's bow time. Bojangles has everything you need for the perfect tailgate, no matter how many fans you're trying to feed. There's the original tailgate, the super tailgate, and for a really big crowd, the jumbo tailgate special. And if you like your chicken off the bone, choose the Supreme's tailgate special that includes 12 perfectly seasoned tenderloin fillets. So grab the tickets, get that Bojangles tailgate special, and go. It's bow time. 
Thanks to donors like you, the Fighting Camel Club provides championship resources for Camel student-athletes. Over the last three years, donations to the Fighting Camel Club have helped fund facility enhancements and coach-driven projects that have pushed the Fighting Camels to win 27 conference championships. For more information on how you can donate to the Fighting Camel Club, go to GoCamels.com and click on the Give icon. The Fighting Camel Club, providing championship resources for Camel student-athletes. Better ingredients, better pizza, better brace yourself because Papa John's has done it again. Introducing Papa Bowls. No crust, just a whole bunch of those Papa John's toppings you love. Baked to piping hot perfection. I'm talking crisp veggies, savory meats all covered in melty cheese and those signature sauces. Try flavors like Italian Meats Trio, Chicken Alfredo and Garden Veggie or get creative and build your own. Papa John's. Hello, welcome back to Camel Call Friday. I'm Chris Amire, and it is my pleasure to help us preview Campbell's big game at East Carolina to welcome in the voice of the Pirates in his 35th year in Greenville. He is Jeff Charles. And Jeff, first of all, I'll, I'll talk about that. 35 years. Does it seem that long? Does it seem that short? Are you still having fun? Yeah, Chris, I'm still having fun with it, and it uh, depends on how you look at it. Sometimes it seems like it's been a long time, and then sometimes it feels like it was just yesterday that I got here, but 35 years is a long time. I came here in 1988. Art Baker was the head coach my first year here in football, and Mike Steele was the basketball coach. Dave Hart was the athletics director, and Dave hired me here from Virginia Tech in 1988. So yeah, it's been uh, it's been a long run, and Chris, you're aware, uh, well aware of this, and maybe some of our viewers and listeners are as well, but oftentimes when guys get play-by-play -play jobs as the voices of a collegiate team, they do stay a long time. And in our state, Woody Durham was the voice of the Tar Heels for 40 years, and Bob Harris was the voice of Duke for 41 years, and Gary Hahn's right behind me. I think Gary's like maybe 31, 32 years at, at North Carolina State, so it's really not uncommon Guys uh, find a comfort level with the jobs that they have. And if you embrace the fan base and people enjoy listening to you, oftentimes uh, you can survive a long time in this business. Jeff, I'll ask you your perspective uh, a little bit later on about how Campbell has changed because you have kind of been right there to see that. But but talk about being in the middle of, of the changes that you've seen in Greenville and with the East Carolina Athletic Department. Wow, Chris, uh, we could probably do a whole interview on that. Uh, as I look at uh, the changes I have seen here, just in personnel, uh, Mike Houston's my eighth football coach here. Michael Schwartz will be my 10th basketball coach. I think it's six athletic directors and maybe five chancellors. Uh, that's just in the personnel area. And then, of course, when I look at Greenville, North Carolina, and I look at ECU, both have doubled in size. Since I came here, Greenville was a town of 45,000 in 1988, and today it's 90-plus, bumping 100,000 people, and ECU was a school of 14,000 students, and now it's 29. So both of them have doubled, and the business really doesn't even resemble what it was like in 1988 when I first got to Greenville. Everything has changed so much from a national perspective and also from a, a local perspective just here 
on campus. Uh, it's amazing how far our facilities have come. And when your fans come over here on Saturday, uh, we'll see a 50,000 seat stadium and a beautiful new town bank tower, we call it, which is the press box basically. And they'll see the other improvements here. It's, it's just amazing the growth that I've witnessed and on the entire campus as well. There are buildings going up everywhere. And so, yeah, it's, uh, it's been fun, Chris, to be a small part of the, all of this growth that we've seen over the years here at ECU. And it's been a, a really great experience. Uh, I've been in North Carolina now for uh, for two decades and, and started my career, as you know, that's where we first met in uh, in eastern North Carolina. And you can talk to this because you, you you talk to these people every day and have for for 35 years now. But the fans for ECU are, are something special. And I'm sure everybody thinks and says that about their fan base. But you and I both know that it, it doesn't matter if it's a game of horseshoes or a big football game on a Saturday against a, a top 25 team, that there is something about Pirate fans and how much they love that university and that program. There's no doubt about it, Chris. It's a rabid bunch. There are a lot of people out there who just live, eat, breathe, and sleep ECU athletics. Uh, there's no doubt. And they're fanatical as far as their coverage uh, is concerned of watching the teams play. And yes, uh, and, and we're blessed to have that because as you well know, Chris, not, not every school in the country has that. And East Carolina has always had the great fan base. I mean, it goes back way before I got here. And I have always said, if you give these folks a product, I mean, they're gonna support it left and right. Now, some, sometimes you give them a better product than others and that's just the nature of sports. You go up and down and, Sports is a very cyclical business, but uh, the fans and, and there are those true blue fans who bleed purple and gold. They're there with you through thick or thin, and we can't thank those folks enough. Uh, there just is something special about being a Pirate fan, and Chris, I've lived in seven different states, and Eastern North Carolina is just a different place with a different culture and a different type of uh, atmosphere toward you know, athletics here and actually socially. Uh, it's, it's different than any other place I've lived. And I think you have to live here for a while before you can really grasp the, the nature of the people and grasp the culture. And so I've certainly been able to do that now. I've been here so long, but, you know, Pirate fans are, are terrific. And I go back to all the road games, uh, go back to the Peach Bowl, which seems like it was a long time ago, which it was, but Never forget that day. I mean, there were legit 30 to 35,000 East Carolina fans in Atlanta that day at Old Fulton County Stadium to see the Pirates play in North Carolina State. And those Liberty Bowl games that the Pirates played in the, in the mid-90s, I mean, there were legit 15,000 Pirate fans in Memphis for those games. So we can't thank them enough. They're the best. We are talking to the voice of the ECU Pirates, Jeff Charles. Jeff, we'll get to those Pirate fans. They have been uh, pretty proud uh, of their Pirate football team. Of course, the run at the end of last year and then and then the good start this year. Tell us about your team, and is it the best that's been around there for a while? I think it probably is, Chris. I mean, we'll see how it all works out for uh, the rest of the year, but they're off to a good start. You can make a case that they should have beaten NC State. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. They lost the game, but... Uh, you can make a case that they outplayed the Wolfpack, especially in the second half of that game. NC State came in here ranked 13th in the country. And the Pirates played uh, played really well. It's been a tough go uh, for Mike Houston. Things turned around last year, but he came in here, Chris, and the cupboard was basically bare. He had to almost start from scratch in a lot of different ways, including changing the culture, changing the personnel, 
and really implementing his program. And so the first two years, it was tough. And then last year, the Pirates got over the hump and had a seven and five season. And now this year, they're expecting to have another winning season and they're off to a, a one and one start. So the answer to your question, this, this I think is the best team since the Ruff and McNeil days when Ruff had some really good teams. Ruff had a team that won 10 games and won a bowl game, but you know, the last few years, it's been, it's been tough. And now we can see it come back. And you mentioned the fans and we can see how the fans are catching back on getting back on the bandwagon, if you will, of, of pirate football, that first game, 51,711 for North Carolina state, which is an all-time record for pirate football. And even though it was a bad night, Saturday night, there were still almost 37,000 people in the stands. It rained as, as you know, most of the night. So fans are picking up on it. They know pirate football is back and it's a good thing to see. Ayler's your quarterback, just a, a story that's probably going to be a Disney movie someday. His dad, of course, the longtime PA announcer for, um, for ECU. Is, is he as good as he looks both on and off the field? I'll tell you what, Holt Naylor's is one of the best kids that's ever come through this program. He is a quality, quality young man. And he's been under the microscope since the day he signed his scholarship papers here because he's the local kid such great high expectations put on him. It's a local Greenville family. And so he's really had to deal with all of that. And I've seen him grow up, you know, just before our very eyes. I can remember doing the first interview with him when he was just coming out of high school to, to ECU. And of course he was like a high school kid. Basically that's what he was. And you sit down now and you talk with him and he's a man. And I just have so much respect for Holton. He's taken a beating over the years. In fact, these first two games, he's gotten beat up pretty good. But I never hear him complain. I never hear him criticize fans who criticize him. Uh, he's a special kid, and he's done a heck of a job on the field as well. He's not always had the greatest supporting cast around him, but he now has completed more passes than any other quarterback in the history of the American Athletic Conference. And so he's rewritten the record books, basically. He's number two at ECU and completions and, and yardage and uh, so many other categories. He's, he's just been a terrific quarterback here, terrific guy off the field. And he's a pirate, true and true. And he runs that offense with uh, some great receivers. You have a lot of speed and running back. If we go to the other side uh, of, of the ball, Jeff, what, what can you tell our fans about, uh, about your defense? Well, the defense flies around. They're very fun to watch. And Blake Harrell is the defensive coordinator in his third year. And he also had a big time rebuilding job on his hands. And he came over from Kennesaw State. He and Mike Houston have been friends for a long time. They both grew up in Franklin, North Carolina, over in the Western North Carolina mountains, and then had a chance to reunite here at ECU. And Blake has done a fabulous job with the defense. And I don't think there are any superstars on that defense, but there are a bunch of guys who really play hard and they really buy in. It was amazing in the NC State game. Uh, Wolfpack got to the one yard line and could not punch it in on seven different occasions with two goal line stands in that first game. I don't think I've ever seen that ever before in a football game, but it shows you that they're, they're strong up front. Uh, and what they do is they rotate a lot of defensive linemen in and out of games to keep guys fresh. And it's nothing for them to play 13, 14 guys on the defensive line in a given game. Uh, the linebackers are, are, are good. Xavier Smith heads that group up. He'll be in his 33rd start 
coming up in the Campbell game. Uh, Miles Berry's a really good player. He's a leader back there. And then uh, the guys in the secondary have played well so far this year. I think there was some concern going into the NC State game that how are they going to hold up against some big-time receivers that State has, and, and they did a pretty good job. Now, last week they had some breakdowns back there, but they've got they've got some really good players back there. And again, I don't know if there are any superstars. I don't even know if there are any first-team all AAC guys. But as a group, they play so well, and they've really bought into Blake Harrell's defense. They really play hard for him. So it's a swarming defense that does a lot of stunts, a lot of blitzes. And uh, I think we'll probably see that again on Saturday. Jeff, after after two big weeks and and, and two emotional games, um, a, a FCS team in Campbell comes in w- w- without the history of the of the first two teams you played. Now, Mike Houston coming from the FCS level and JMU, he knows you can upset the big boys and and he will always say the, the right things when when a team like Campbell comes in. What, what's everybody else saying about the Camels coming in this weekend? Well, I can assure you, Chris, that uh, the coaching staff and the players know they've got to play really well to win this game on Saturday. And I don't think that's a lot of coach speak. Uh, Coach Houston, as you mentioned, he understands FCS football. He knows how good it can be. And uh, in talking with him last night on our radio show, he watched the the William & Mary game, of course. And he said, you know, they're right there with the number 20 team in the country in the FCS poll. And, you know, I had, had a good chance to win the game up there. So, yeah, uh, Campbell's legit. There's no doubt about that. Uh, I know he'll get the players' attention if uh, if they go out on the practice field on Tuesday and they're just kind of slopping it up a little bit. I can guarantee you he'll get their attention really quick and get them back ready to go. So, uh, yeah, I don't think there's any question. I've not seen in a Mike Houston team since he has been here any total letdown for any opponent. I mean, he is really good about keeping the guys focused. And I think the guys realize that they could have a really special year this year and they can't afford, you know, to take anyone lightly and, and get upset. So I think they'll be ready to go. I really do. These kids love to play football. That's the other thing with this group, Chris, and I can't always say this with all the teams I've covered since I've been at ECU, but, but these guys uh, genuinely like each other. The chemistry is really good. And he's got a lot of really good people, a lot of really good guys on this team, a lot of leaders. And I, I just don't expect them to have any kind of a letdown on Saturday. They can't afford to, or they'll get beat. Jeff, you've had a you've had a front row here as uh, ECU and Campbell have, have have played each other for a long time in a, in a lot of different sports. This will be first in football, of course, with the newness of the Campbell program. But what have you seen? You've seen ECU grow so much. Uh, Campbell started from a much smaller place, but but what have you seen as as Campbell has grown as a university and athletic department? Oh, my goodness. It doesn't even resemble the same place uh, that I first saw when the first time we went over to Bowie's Creek and I saw the campus. And back in those days, Chris, when ECU and Campbell were playing regularly in basketball when Billy Lee was the head coach at Campbell, those games were in Fayetteville at the Cumberland County Civic Center, played a lot of games down there between ECU and Campbell and Campbell won more than their share in that matchup. What I always talk about when people ask me that question, I always think of Mark Mocknick, who is such a great shooter for Campbell. And I remember one night in Fayetteville, he could not miss and he was draining threes from all over the place. And, and the pirates uh, lost that game. But you know what, last time I drove into campus, uh, when the pirates played basketball over there, the, the last time, and I drove in, I was like, man, what has happened here? This this place has just totally grown up, and I love your basketball arena. I think it's terrific. Whoever designed that and whoever did 
all of the uh, the different things inside the building with all the murals and the pictures and the history did a remarkable job with that building. And then, of course, I've driven by the football stadium, never done a game there, of course, but driven by the football stadium and seeing how that has grown from virtually nothing to what it is now in that really nice press box you guys have. So it's not even the same place. Just like I mentioned, ECU is not the same place. Campbell certainly is not the same place it was years ago. Finally, Jeff, I, I know I've, I've told you this a lot when the microphones aren't on. A lot of people don't, don't know this story, but back in the, uh, in the summer of 2011, when the job I was at with the Kinston Indians as, as they were going away and closing as a, as a franchise, I was looking and applying for a lot of jobs. And when the Campbell job came open, I called you like I did a lot um, uh, about some advice. And you said, you know what? I think this is the job um, we need to really go hard for because it's a place where it's a full-time position, which that is a rarity, even more of a rarity right now. You work for the university. You knew a lot of people up here and you thought it would be a good fit for me. You made a call and, and my resume got to the, to the top of the pile. So uh, thank you for, uh, for making the path here a little clearer. Um, I've had an unbelievable time and, and I appreciate your mentorship and your friendship over the years. Well, you're very welcome, Chris, and you're very deserving. I always felt that you were a good fit for Campbell. Campbell was a, a good fit, vice versa. So, yeah, it's been a good run for you there, and I'm happy for you. And, my goodness, you've been able to be a part, just like I have at East Carolina, of watching the program grow up right around you and making your job even better than it was when you first got there in 2011. But Campbell should be uh, very appreciative to have Chris Haymeyer, too, because you're a quality guy, Chris, you do a great job on the air and great team player, very loyal guy. And oftentimes that's what it takes in this business. And you check all of those boxes. So I'm happy for you. And I can't wait to see you on Saturday uh, when the Camels come to Greenville. I can't wait either. Thank you for that. And thank you for the kind words. He is Jeff Charles, the voice of the ECU Pirates. And we, we so appreciate his time here on Camel Call Live. That'll do it for the show. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening.